Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rusul wa Khatimil Anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya. Amma ba'd. In the Quran, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala highlights one of the key goals and missions of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be Tazkiyatun nufus yu'allimuhumul kitaba wal hikmah wa yuzakkihim That the, the goal of the messenger is to teach them the book of the Quran wisdom being the hadith and sunnah the legacy of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa yuzakkihim and to purify them to train them to teach them to equip them with the right tools required to deal with the whispers of shaitan and to purify the nafs and close this door on shaitan. When a person takes control over their nafs, the beauty is evil traits and characteristics can easily be dealt with. If a person experiences a surge of temptation, they may have the strength to control it. If a person has a desire to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they won't find it hard to if they fail once or twice, the third time they'll get it, inshallah. But when a person's soul is filthy and they have no control over it at all, out of a hundred times it's possible they will fail all hundred. Until they stand up and they start taking control of themselves and start purifying their inner diseases. A beautiful example of this is an incident that Imam Qurtubi ta'ala narrates in his tafsir. He narrates a story from Maymun bin Mahran ta'ala, who was one of the great scholars of the past. He says one day he had a servant that one day one of his servants she brought forth a, a, a tray or some sort of a container, a bowl that had very hot food in there. So he had guests over as well. While she was carrying it, she tripped. She spilled this hot food on him. Maymun bin Mahran was very upset with the servant and he made an intention to discipline the servant. She said, O oh my master, why don't you act upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And then she uh, cited the verse of the Quran, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who swallow their anger. So, in that moment he said, I have done so. I'm going to let my anger go. Now stop for a moment and think to yourself that if you're angry at someone and you've made an intention to discipline them, one statement of the Qur'an usually won't cut it. If anything, you'll tell that person to be quiet, not quote the Qur'an again, and then continue doing what you're doing. This individual had such control over himself that when he hears the Qur'an being recited, 
He understands it's time now to wash out all of this emotion, to wash this anger out, to flood it out. There's no time for this anymore because now the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been stated. So then she said, Why do we stop there? Why don't we do? Why don't we act upon the next part of the verse as well? And in the next part of the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that Allah loves those who pardon others. He said, I pardon you as well. So she said, She finished off the verse that Allah loves those that are excellent and kind. So I will be kind to you, you are free. You are no longer bound to my obedience. Go and do as you will. This is a great example because when you think of it, it almost sounds mythical. It doesn't sound real. That how does a person switch off what they're feeling and what they're thinking within moments at the sighting of a verse of the Qur'an? But this is what happens when an individual learns to control their anger. Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala, he talks about how there are three degrees to anger. Anger in itself is not an evil thing. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it in the human, and I explained yesterday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't create evil within the human being. It's our misusage of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that then gives birth to bad actions. Anger is necessary. Therefore, Imam Ghazali says that al-ghadabu ala thalathati darajat, that there are three tiers to anger. Awal al-ifrat, tafrit, al-i'tidal. Ifrat is excessive anger, where a person becomes anger at the smallest things. And the interesting thing about anger is, it's usually a result of someone feeling or perceiving that they were wronged. Therefore, if you look at the definition of anger that the ulama give, they say, It is for the blood in a person's heart to really pick up. You know, you feel something, you want to do something. But why does it happen? Because you need to take revenge, you feel someone has done you wrong. People that are always angry, one thing common about them is, they have a lot cooking in their brain that they don't talk about. They constantly feel someone has done something to them. That person didn't open the door for me, they just offended me. That person sat down before me. They invited that person, not me. They have this whole sort of weird soap opera, Pakistani drama going on in their brain that's just cooking and cooking and cooking. And as a result of that, they are victimized in their own eyes. They don't talk to people, they don't clarify things. In their mind, what they think is absolute, and because they constantly feel wrong, they are always angry. And it just builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up. When Rasulullah was asked by a companion, O Messenger of Allah, in the riwayah that Imam Nawawi he keeps it very brief, where a Sahabi came to Nabi and said, O Messenger of Allah, advise me. The Prophet said, do not get angry. But in the riwayah of Tirmidhi, in other narrations, there's a little bit more tafsil there. The companion said, O Messenger of Allah, advise me to an act that will, that will take me to Jannah. He attributes this to Abu Darda radiallahu anh, That advise, advise me of an act that will take me to Jannah and save me from the fire of hell. To that, Rasulullah said, do not get angry. Now, 
Qadi Baydawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, the famous scholar um, and mufassir of the Qur'an, he provides a brief reflection on the statement of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قَالَ لَعَلَّهُ لَمَّا رَآ أَنَّ جَمِيعَ الْفَسَاءِ الَّتِي تَعْرِذُ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ مِنْ شَهْوَتِهِ وَمِنْ غَضَبِهِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew very well that most of the evils that a human being engages in boil down to two things. And this is what I said yesterday. The two main traits of the nafs. What are they? Ghadab and shahwa. Lust and anger. أَنَّ جَمِيعَ الْمَفَاسِدِ الَّتِي تَعْرِضُ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ مِنْ شَهْوَتِهِ His lust, that most of the corruption that happens in a human being, it comes back to his lust. وَمِنْ غَضَبِهِ And his anger. وَكَانَتْ شَهْوَةُ السَّائِلِ مَكْسُورَ and it's possible that individual had already worked on controlling his nafs, controlling his lust, sorry. So what was outstanding? The issue of anger. So when he asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أَمَّا يَحْتَرِزُ From what he should stay away. نَهَاهُ عَنِ الْغَضَبِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, you need to avoid anger, stay away from anger. الَّذِي هُوَ أَعْظَمُ ضَرَرٍ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ That it is the greatest harm that comes to a person is from their anger. And when a person learns to control their anger, when it bursts up, when they learn to control their nafs and say, I won't act upon it, I'm going to let this go. In that moment, they have defeated their greatest enemy. They've defeated shaitan. They've subdued their nafs. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells us in a hadith, that when a person gets angry, man kadima ghaydan, and they control their anger, wa huwa qadirun ala ayyanfudahu, and he is fully capable of doing something about it. One thing is that a person's angry and they can't do anything about it. Someone may say this person's weak, incompetent, cowardish. Maybe they're not in the right position to do something about it. A cop pulls you over, you're extremely angry. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? At that point, everyone practices some sabr. Right? When taqwa fails, the police prevail. Man Whoever gets controls their anger, while they're fully capable of enacting their anger, a father might be able to carry out his anger, a teacher, someone in a higher office position, they can do something about it. The one who doesn't do something while they're fully capable, to that Rasulullah says, then on the day of judgment, Yom Al-Qiyamah, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call him in front of all of the creation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow that person to choose from any of the maidens that Jannah that person wishes. This is the reward for someone who learns to control their anger. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, through his example, he taught us this. How to control anger. How not to burst out against people and hurt other people. This is your nafs. When you see yourself losing your, losing, your, losing your mind, losing your thoughts, and going nuclear over small, silly things, things that you've conjured in your own mind, you need to know that shaitan has a very tight grip on you. You have to loosen that grip. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, the famous commentator of hadith, he says that when you look at anger, it affects the human being in all aspects. On one side, dahiran, from an outward perspective, when you look at someone that's angry, you can tell. They look a little off. 
you know, they just look weird. They look like they're not doing well. So he says there is a there's this, there is an effect that happens outwardly on a person. Their eyes turn red. They start bloating and they're like, you know, pumping up. And then he says internally there's a lot that happens too. And if you want to know what's happening internally, you'll notice that people who are being eaten up by their anger internally, they lose control of two things, their actions and their statements. They lose control of their actions and their statements. Therefore, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells us that when one of you gets angry, stay silent. Don't speak. Stop talking right away. If you're married and you're having one with your spouse at that moment, walk away. Tell the other person, I need to step away for a moment and go get some ice cream. I'll be back in a minute. You need to walk away because when you're angry, you lose control over your mind. Shaitan is doing his thing and that's where he's really cooking it in. If you're not used to dealing with Shaitan, at this moment, he will cripple you. Therefore, the Prophet ﷺ told us that as a judge, if a person is a judge, and they are passing verdict between two people, Nabi ﷺ said regarding that situation, لا أحد بين اثنين وهو غضبان. That if you are angry in that moment, don't pass any judgment. Delay it. Delay the case. Tell the person, come back tomorrow. I can't pass a judgment right now because I'm angry. The Prophet ﷺ said, People are always talking about toughness, right? What does it mean to be tough? Usually, we apply a materialistic, physical definition to this, that being tough means benching 200, 200 pounds. Put three plates on there and you can bench that, you're tough. If you're doing a half a plate or one plate, you're still weak. So we have these definitions. That if you squat four plates, five plates, you're a tough person. The Prophet ﷺ gives us an alternative perspective. It is not so much about lifting weights and how much you can bench and how much you can squat and what's your deadlift. Rather, the Prophet ﷺ says, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ surah That toughness is not slamming the other. Musara'a means to wrestle, right? So he said, toughness is not to put someone else down, to pin your enemy down. إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبُ The tough person is the one who can control themselves when they're angry. So how does a person do this? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us so many beautiful advices. Time doesn't allow us to go into all of it. But I will say there are three areas that you need to focus on. The first thing is focus on preventative measures. If you're an angry person, you need to first admit that I have anger issues. Okay? And if that's tough to do, ask your wife and kids and tell them to be honest. And I'm telling you, for most of us, within five seconds, they will say, uh-huh. Yeah, I was waiting for you to ask that for three decades. Three decades too late, but I'm happy you asked, Daddy. So now you need to figure out preventative issues. Think of things, preventative measures, things that you can do to prevent the onset of anger. What can I do to stop it from happening? There's a lot to be discussed there, but I want you to explore this area. Think about it. The second thing is things to do while you are actively anger, while you are actively angry. To that, Rasulullah teaches us some very beautiful techniques. Change your posture. If you're standing, sit down. If you're sitting, lie down. It's amazing. Similarly, some narrations tell us, you know, use water. That can mean wash yourself. It can mean drink water. Some ulama have said, give sadaqah of water. It's an out there interpretation. Uh, similarly, saying, A'udhu billahi rajim because shaitan influences a person. So you say, A'udhu billahi rajim and there are other guidances and advices in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The third area that I want you to think of is what needs to be done 
after you recover from your episode of anger? What do you do now? Do you forget about it and act like nothing happened and all the people you've hurt and all the harm you've done is just water under the bridge? Or do you go back to those people and apologize? Control yourself, humble yourself, and go to those people and say, I spoke out of line. That wasn't right. I shouldn't have spoken like this. I shouldn't have talked to you like this. What I said was wrong. My words and actions were also wrong. Maybe make dua for the people that you were angry at. Maybe give sadaqah on their behalf. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you don't experience this again. Talk to someone if that's what you need to do, if your anger is way out of your control. The Prophet made a dua. He said, Allahumma inni as'aluka kalimat al-rida fil ghadabi. Oh, kama qala alayhi salatu salam. Oh Allah, kalimatul haqqi fil rida wal ghadab. This is the statement. Nabi sallallahu said, Allahumma inni as'aluka kalimat al-haqqi fil ghadabi wal rida. Oh Allah, I ask you for a truthful statement that I speak the truth and I am balanced fil ghadabi wal rida. When I'm angry, and when I'm doing, when I'm content as well, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala assist us and guide us, and make us people that are balanced and do not oppress others. May He allow us to control our nafs and also take control of our anger as well. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.